0: You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast about helping online brands to build a better e commerce growth engine with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. It's a common question that I hear quite a bit How much should I be budgeting for search engine marketing? And how do I even forecast what I should be spending? Well, securing SEM budgets is always a challenge, right? And so when you do spend on search engine marketing, you want to ensure that you reach your performance goals. But there are countless traps and ways to actually overspend or even underspend on your search engine marketing budget. And even if you follow all the best practices, you could still end up with some inefficiencies. So correctly addressing the ways to misspend requires paid search experts to consistently monitor campaign performance and budget spend. And also, they need to have a pulse on what the company is trying to accomplish. So luckily for us, we have access to Ryan, and he has access to 6,500 search engine and marketing budgets to learn from. So today we're going to talk about AdWord budgets and how to forecast what your brand should be spending and how to ensure you don't overspend or... Underspend. So Ryan, welcome.
1: Thanks, John. It's a big one. This topic is constantly top of mind for CFOs and there's constant tension, I think, between marketing teams and finance teams over budgets. (laughs) And for me personally, it's one of my favorite topics and also my least favorite topics just because of all the tension around it. It's my favorite because almost every company needs to be educated in how to forecast and plan budgets, but it's also my least favorite because it's always an uphill battle of changing the opinions of business owners, executives, finance teams, even marketing teams that don't understand forecasting and budgeting. It's a difficult conversation to have, but I'm I'm happy we're going to be diving into this and and hopefully doing some education, hopefully making people think about what they're doing and, and how they can be maybe looking at SEM forecasting a little bit differently.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to being educated on this. This is a topic that we were chatting before we start recording, and you have some unique perspectives on this that I've never even given thought to. So,
1: <laughs> We both have some interesting opinions on all kinds of things, Sean. It's great to uh, <laughs> be able to do this with you. But when this topic came up in our sequence of things we're going to be talking about, I get all hot and bothered and excited, and yeah, adrenaline starts flowing, and I talk fast. So, bear with me. But very similar to how you get when somebody's got a, a discount email pop up on a site is how I get when somebody tells me what their their budget is is x number of dollars a month and don't overspend. It's just on my I'm on a personal mission to eliminate SEM budgeting for 99.9% of the population. It just doesn't make sense for most companies.
0: Okay, so explain that to me. I'm I'm interested to learn more. Why is that?
1: Well, we get into the, the conversation because finance people want to see what numbers are going to be and understand what's going to be coming in and out of accounts. And so it's for the last 100 years of CFOs doing work to prepare bank accounts, marketing has been a line item on the P&L that they've paid attention to and set goals around on how much are we going to spend? What are we going to do? How much are we putting into magazines and newspapers and TV ads and billboards? So it's understandable, but SEM is in a very unique position that it's not a normal P&L line item. Let me just use an example, because here's what's here's what normally happens. Finance meeting. All right, the owner is what the heck gets all red in the face. What the heck is this three hundred and fifty thousand dollars charge for Google last month? You know, we need to cut that down because our retailers are selling less of our product. We need to save money, and you know, if we go into a COVID time, we've got to control all of our money and keep it from going out. So we're not spending three hundred fifty thousand dollars on Google anymore every month. Uh, marketing team, we need to cut a hundred thousand dollars of that. Marketing team reaches out to logical position, says, "Hey, yeah." Our wholesale channel is down because nobody's shopping in stores, so we need to cut $100,000 of our marketing budget on Google. And that, I get it. Logically, it passes the the make sense test that you're going to take that $100,000 from Google and move it to the bottom line of profit so you can cover the missing profit from some retailers that aren't selling product.
0: Right. They're looking at it purely as an expense line item.
1: Exactly. Which, again, conceptually makes sense. What What isn't considered in that is that $350,000 drove 1.3 million of top line revenue, 10,000 new to brand customers, and also had an impact on 2 million organic and direct traffic revenue. And so cutting that $100,000 most likely won't even save that company money. It'll probably cost them revenue and profit because it's not going to be driving as much top line revenue. And many times in the past, if you cut $100,000 of billboards, you may not actually feel an impact in the business at all over the next month, You know, depending on what you're selling, depending on what the billboard's mentioning. But mm-hmm. it's it simply does move that $100,000 to the bottom line. And that, again, logically makes sense. But with SEM, it doesn't operate like a historical marketing channel. It is driving so many other things that impact the business. And so, because of that, it is, it is somewhat complicated to explain that to a business owner over a phone call or, hey, we've got five minutes with the with the exec team. Let's tell them why we need to be spending on SEM. For most businesses, I'll, I will start with the crazy notion that you should not have a budget for paid search. It should be, nope, you're going to set your goals and you're going to spend. And if you can spend more, you are going to take it if you're hitting your goals.
0: Okay. So it's not an expense line item. It's an investment. Yeah. Okay. And if
1: you're if you're printing money with an investment, is there any reason you wouldn't continue printing money? And the the general answer is, well, no. If I put a dollar in and I get $10 back, I'm going to go find a bunch more dollars. Like there's no limit to the number of dollars I can be spending because I could take that $10 that just printed and put it back in and it prints 100, and I take it out and it prints 1,000. The asterisk to this, which we will touch on probably a little later, is it does make sense to forecast sales from SEM potentially based on historical data, for inventory or production. Mm. And that's where it does get kind of like a a sliding scale on what we can spend based on the inventory we have. And I've got a couple examples on that.
0: So if you're not budgeting the spend, should you be looking at the back end is what you're saying. You should be budgeting the return on that ad spend and what that's going to be in revenue. So you're saying, I want to make a million dollars. What does the ad spend take to hit a million dollars?
1: Maybe. But the reality is, is I challenge companies to, yes, you're gonna look at this you know, after the fact on a P&L as a line item. But in the month itself, the spend on SEM actually doesn't have an impact on cash. Therefore, it's not necessarily a normal P&L line item. So easy math example, you're gonna spend $100 on paid search on Monday. Great, you set up your Google Ads account, you've got your credit card on there you spend $100 on your credit card on Google. It drives $500 of revenue. Okay, that $100 that you spent on Google Ads doesn't even hit your card until you spend 500. So it's still just in Google system you spent, in in essence, at that point, fake money. It didn't hit anything. It's just in Google system. But that $500 that you processed on your website, is real money, and that's going to hit your account as soon as your merchant processor will send it to you. So let's just say, easy math, it's gonna hit you on Wednesday, 48 hours later. So every day, you're gonna spend $100 to get 500. Your credit card's not gonna get billed from Google until end of day Friday when you hit the $500 billing threshold from Google. And by that time, you've already collected $500 on Wednesday, $500 on Thursday, $500 on Friday. That's hit your bank account minus the processing fee, but we will ignore that for this example. You've got $1,500 in your bank account your credit card has only been hit for five hundred dollars. If you are like me in your business, I pay my credit card once a month and I pay it off the entire balance, so I never pay interest. And that credit card bill is probably not due until the fourteenth of the next month. Let's say this was the first of the month. So you've got forty-five day float on that hundred dollars you spent on Monday. And by that time you've already collected money. And if you're not losing money, which ideally you're not, but you're actually making money, then it's it's a, a money printing machine that actually doesn't cost you any money. You have, an, in theory, an unlimited amount of money as long as you're at least breaking even, just from a cash perspective
0: Right. and your credit
1: card limit, obviously.
0: So it's no longer about SEM budget forecasting. It's around the, the laws of SEM cash flow.
1: And not every business has unlimited inventory. So you might be able to spend $100,000 tomorrow to generate $100,001 of profit in your business. But if you don't have the inventory to back that up, then you do have problems. And I have we have some clients right now that are struggling to get inventory from China mm-hmm. for their production. I think one company has 100 containers in route from China they're just waiting on to be able to sell and they can flip a switch and they, that inventory is almost going to be gone immediately. It's crazy the demand for their products. So from that perspective saying, all right, we have this much inventory coming, we want to sell it. And maybe that becomes the conversation around, okay, based on the historical data of what we've been able to sell, what we've been able to spend, what's the return on ad spend goal that we need to be at to sell that much inventory. So again, this is getting somewhat complicated math, but I'll try to boil it down simple. Let's say, in my brands, for example, I will spend down to break even to acquire a new customer at any point in time because I'm, I'm competitive. Mm-hmm. I would love to put my competitors out of business because I think my product is better, my service is better. But breakeven is fine for me because it doesn't hit the cash and I'm getting new customers and I have a lifetime value. If, for example, I all of a sudden had a, and this happened, I think, in April, we had a production hiccup. And so I knew that I was going to run out of inventory if I kept spending down to break even on like, let's make it up the 20th of April. So I said, okay, all right, marketing, we're actually going to raise our return on ad spend goal because I need to throttle down sales because I can't run out of inventory on the 20th. I have to be able to get to the 30th before I can get my inventory back in. And so that's the, the strategy I use. I didn't I didn't care what we spent as long as it, it wasn't losing money. So I said, all right, instead of breaking even, we're going to get a... 2.5x because based on the historical data, we think that's where my sales threshold is going to be. So that took some guessing and manipulation on daily sales totals, and we had to watch it pretty carefully. But once we hit inventory levels again, I was right back to pushing aggressively to sell inventory.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So there's other factors you need to be thinking about here. And inventory, it sounds like is a big one for sure. And that could be more the limiter than what you should be spending or what the budget would be for SEM. You're listening to Drive and Convert, a podcast focused on e commerce growth. Your hosts are John McDonald, founder of The Good, a conversion rate optimization agency that works with e commerce brands to help convert more of their visitors into buyers, and Ryan Garrow of Logical Position, a digital marketing agency offering pay per click management, search engine optimization, and website design services to brands of all sizes. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us out by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend or colleague. Thank you. Let me ask you this as a little divergence, but how do you get leadership on board with this type of mindset, right? Because if you go in, most financial folks would probably understand that return on investment spend. But maybe if leadership and finance is still looking at all of this as a budget line item that's only on the expense column. <laughs> what do you, rec- how do you recommend people approach this conversation? Obviously the simple math, just like writing it out might help, but is there, have you have found any tips and tricks for how to approach a uh, leadership about something like this?
1: It's difficult. Again, that's going into this conversation about money is always, it, I don't think there's any conversation around money that becomes easy. except, (laughs) hey, I want to give you a million dollars. That's pretty easy (laughs) to be like, yeah, okay, great, I'm in. The longer an organization has been looking at marketing on Google or Microsoft ads as a line item that they forecast and budget annually, the more difficult it's going to be to change the minds of the team that's been doing that. We've worked in some billion-dollar organizations that said, all right, last year we did X number of dollars on our website and we expect a 10% growth. Therefore, we're going to take our marketing budget for paid search, which was 10% of that total. And then we're going to add 10% to it again. So there's your budget. Go do it. Divide it up by the quarter that you think the revenue is going to come in and fourth quarter is higher. Therefore, it gets 42% of the budget. And then they work down into the week and have even daily budgets. Those organizations are going to be much more difficult because they're bigger their CFO, they, they were publicly traded, so they had to report numbers to shareholders and forecast what their expenses were going to be. And because SEM is an expense you report to shareholders, if that expense was 100% higher than you told them it was going to be last month, they may not be happy because they're not understanding what's that top line number that it was driving. So you have to have it correlate really, really well saying, hey, we spent 100% more, but we actually drove 100% more revenue. It's going to make them excited. But the group that's doing the conference call with shareholders may not understand that and be able to break it out in that much detail, especially if it's a multi billion dollar organization and the website is a small piece of that overall business, which it was at the point we were working with them. It's challenging. So, my advice is to try to chip away at certain aspects of it over time. Being able to show, hey, when we spent more at this level, we got more. It was a direct correlation. And I like to use impression share showing potential, like, hey, there's a potential there on impression share. We used absolute impression share at the top, which means you're in position one on Google, and top impression share, which means you're just above the search results to kind of give an indicator if there's a room to push. And then I also like to talk about, what I, we refer to internally as the halo effect. I don't think that's an official term, but if it does become an official term, you heard it here first. Paid search, specifically shopping in e-commerce, has a large impact on organic traffic and direct traffic and in fact if you look in analytics and you get lost in attribution sometimes it's hell sometimes it's heaven (laughs) but you can you can get lost all over an attribution (laughs) you will find out that the more you spend on google shopping the more your organic traffic increases the more organic sales you get and you can look at assisted conversions to see that if you label your campaigns appropriately you can see generally on non-tm shopping campaigns, which is non-trademark people just looking for your product and service and don't know you as a brand yet for that product or service, you will see assisted conversions generally higher than attributed last click conversions in Google Analytics. And so it's having a disproportionate influence on driving sales through other channels than it is driving sales to its accredited channel. And so showing them that, showing them, hey, this does have a large impact. If you just cut it, you're not just cutting the results that you're seeing from the SEM budget, you're cutting results you're seeing in other channels as well. And so in some companies, this this is unfortunate, but if you cut Google Shopping, your SEO team all of a sudden is going to look worse mm. without them doing anything wrong. Right. Uh, they just happen to have the organic traffic drop because of Google Shopping not spending as much money. So it's a very complicated web picture as we, as we continue to shop more and more online. It's only going to get more complicated and intertwined. But at least helping them understand some of that first, even before right. you get to the, what are we going to spend budget?
0: Yeah, it's almost like we as an industry need a a one sheet for executives <laughs> to explain this simply for them. Because I think there's a, so much education that goes into this. And I think half the job of marketing ends up being internal education which is really just reduces effectiveness. I mean, we, we fight that all the time with conversion optimization. The e-com and, and marketing teams are all 100% on board and understand the return on, on the spend on optimization. But then you look at a high-level executive and they say something like, well, but you know, we just had our best month ever. Why would we need to optimize?
1: No, exactly. It's, we're constantly in education mode in what we do. And I actually had this conversation with Google last week because they're really internally pushing for more automation within Google to control a lot of the inner workings of Google, which Mm -hmm. is not bad for many companies, but they want to move agencies into more of an advisor role and helping companies grow by educating them on digital marketing, which I think is a great goal. I said that well the problem you're going to experience with that though is you've got a bunch of, let's just say twenty four to thirty year olds In digital marketing that have never owned a business that are trying to educate business owners on growth strategies for their brand Mm -hmm. and if they probably just don't have the experience to be educating at a high level why these companies should be investing in marketing and it's it's scale yet we don't I just don't think we have the expertise as an industry to be advising people that have grown hundred million dollar brands on how they should continue growing.
0: Well, and the barrier to entry with marketing roles is typically pretty low, right? It's something yep. where there's a lot of people in the industry, but there's few experts. And if you start doing something like that with all of the junior folks who are just getting into it, and you're going to end up with some big problems. So so let, let me ask you this, Ryan. What are some AdWord budget management solutions that kind of help you maybe just prevent yourself from even underspending. Because I think, you know, we've determined today most companies underspend, right? Uh Because they're not focusing on the right metrics around this. But, uh, you know, you're talking about a lot of these tool sets that Google's coming out with. I know we've talked about them on this podcast before. How, you know, I've even been personally kind of put through the ringer by using automation tools through Google. So what are your thoughts just on... the adwords budget management solutions that are out there
1: generally i don't like them but when i'm talking to business owners about controlling budgets the first thing i tell them is look you're going to have flexibility regardless if you're rigid on your goals you're either leaving money on the table or you're wasting money you can't dictate search volume across the entire united states for example for your product or service what you can do is decide okay Here's what my goals are. Let's make sure that we're at least meeting those. And if we you know, have a little bit more we spent, that's probably okay as long as we hit the goals. If we underspend, it's okay because the search demand wasn't there. Google at its, at its core is a demand capture. People are searching for a product, you put it in front of them because you have that product. There are pieces of Google that can be demand creation, but by and large, it is demand capture. Mm. And so build flexibility into your model, but then, This is another thing I have to educate a lot of businesses on as well. And a big education piece is aligning your marketing goals with your business goals. So often those are not going in the same direction. So you have a marketing team that's been given a goal and they're rowing in direction to achieve that goal because they have incentives and bonuses in place to hit those goals and then you have an executive or a business owner that's driving or paddling the boat in a different direction because of their goals and if they're not aligned you have a lot of tension and issues because there's going to be frustration from the executive team why is it marketing giving me the results i want we set this wonderful goal and they achieved it but it didn't have the impact i wanted it to so you start with what's your business goal do you want to grow Even beyond that, like, do you have an exit strategy as an owner? Do you have a shareholder? Do you have to hit certain metrics as a business to be successful and make them happy? And then after you've set that, you say, okay, how can my marketing team utilize the SEM channel to help hit that goal? And let's set incentives around that rather than what a lot of companies do is, well. We had an agency, you know, five years ago tell us that we should be getting a 4X or you know, 10 years ago, we were highly profitable on Google Ads. I want to be highly profitable still and don't pay attention to the changes or evolution of digital marketing over the last decade that has made your 10x profit goal spending 50 grand a month not possible at this point based on what your site's converting at or all these other things you could be doing or should be doing. So it's goal alignment, build in flexibility, and then monitor it. It's not something you just set it, forget it, let the marketing team just do it. Like I'm in marketing. I have brands. I still daily track everything. It's all about the data. Like I want to know what's happening in my business regularly. I don't let it go on autopilot. Sometimes I want to, (laughs) (laughs) but but I don't. And just be involved as a business owner. You want to know what you have to have an understanding of what it's trying to do.
0: I mean, this is, this is great because I think if I could summarize a little bit of, of this, my learnings from the conversation today, it's you shouldn't have a budget. You should have a goal, right? So look at the other end of the spend, not the, the front end, but the back end. Mm-hmm. And then you really need to work on educating your team internally and the executives if it's not your money that you're spending, because, you know, that way you're making sure that they understand the return on the investment there. And then, you know, from there, it's it's really an inventory challenge, perhaps, on how much you could spend. And you could really look at this as a cash flow machine and that's how this should be looked at perhaps is it, what's that cash flow equation how are you getting that money before it's even truly spent and how can you reinvest that up until you have no inventory left or you have an inventory problem and then from there it's there's no real way to kind of put something on autopilot here they just don't work that well you know you don't want to look at your marketing channels as equal you really want to play at these different points of the acquisition funnel as you've mentioned so this is, did I miss anything on that?
1: Exactly. Well, there's a couple points I think people should just pay attention to as well. There are circumstances where some companies intentionally lose money on the initial order from a customer. Mm-hmm. They have high lifetime value. They have a competitive space where it's it's necessary to even compete. They're going to lose money on the first order. Beauty, skincare, that is often the case.
0: But that's still the cash flow formula. You're just stretching it out, right?
1: Well, it's you can't spend unlimited money because it does actually cost you money to get that mm-hmm. customer. And so you have to look at from a finance perspective, how much money do I have in the bank? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't spend endlessly if I'm losing money on the first order. If I'm breaking even or profitability, you can usually spend endlessly. But then it's also saying, okay, what's my diminishing return? And is there a better place for that investment at diminishing returns as I'm losing money, you know, to spend? So that maybe I stop spending here on Google because I know that I can get this money losing return on Facebook or Instagram, which is actually better. And so that's where forecasting probably has a bigger impact. And we've had those conversations with businesses about lifetime value. And there's, a, there's some complex math formulas around it, but it's it can be done. But then when you're looking at moving budgets, there are some automated tools that brands love looking at. I mean, brands really do love tools that have great graphics and sliding things you can move around and makes it look like you're just doing amazing. And there's one that I, I really don't like. And it says, we're looking at your Facebook spend and your Google and Microsoft spend. And if Facebook is at a 5X and Google is at a 3X, oh, we're just going to move money from Google over to Facebook and keep spending until they're kind of at <laughs> equilibrium. That Because that totally makes sense on, if you're just looking at math and numbers. But what most brands miss is that those budgets are accomplishing very different things. And so you have to look at them differently and not necessarily – move budget from one to the other just because a return on ad spend goal makes sense. Like, oh, I'm printing all this money on Facebook and I may be breaking even on Google. It should be looked at differently. So generally avoid tools that just automatically move budget to the best performing things because for most businesses, that doesn't make sense.
0: That, I think that's a great point to end on today. And uh, I think we've packed so much into 30 minutes here. I, I really appreciate you as always, Ryan, educating me uh, and helping me change my point of view on this as I definitely came in thinking of SEM as an expense line item and you need to budget and have a forecast around that and you've definitely shifted my thinking completely around, which is awesome.
1: One less business owner to educate. I love it.
0: Boom. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully a few other got educated today by listening to this and we'll, we'll continue to uh, spread the word. So thank you, Ryan. Thanks, John. Thanks for listening to Drive and Convert with John McDonald and Ryan Garrow. To keep up to date with new episodes, you can subscribe at driveandconvert.com.